Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sounds Groovy with me, Meg. Um, we're on week four. How the heck did that happen? I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful week. I've been rather sleepy. I think lockdown lethargicness has hit me. Um, but I'm very, very excited because this week we've got a cracking lineup. We've got music from Leighton, Patrick Cairns, Lily Casely, a random dander. We've got Good Dog, the wild card, of course. Um, and the lovely, lovely Stan and Macy from Outline come and join me for a little interview. Um, they're so sweet. So, yeah, we've got a cracker lined up today, guys. So, um, stay tuned and let's get going. So our first track for today is absolutely stunning. Um, it is by a lovely girl called Leighton and it's called Ocean Blue. It's just so beautiful. It was one of the first um, songs that we had submitted and I've been so excited to get it out there. I've just felt like I had to wait for the right moment, the right vibe, the right like, um, you know, like combo with all the other tracks on the on the episode. Um, and it's finally time. So we're going to start with Ocean Blue by Leighton this time. Um, so she was born and raised in Birmingham. Um, and then we've got Patrick Williams on the keys and they met at uni and they played together. Um, she seems really, really cool. And she says that she's not from a musical background, uh, as in like a musical family. Um, but she jokes that she learned to sing before she learned to speak. Um, and then she went on to have classical training um, before she did vocal performance at uni in London, which I can get behind because my background was actually all, quite a lot of classical stuff. Um, so I really love when people have classical backgrounds and they sort of bring that into their more modernized poppy music. Um, and she definitely does. There's something really distinctive about her sound um, because she has this sort of like soul pop vibe, but there's also this really like dramatic, almost rock opera operatic thing going on. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, so let's go take a listen. So this is Ocean Blue by Leighton. Stay in a float, heads above the water 
Slayton and her single Ocean Blue. Like I said, absolutely incredible. She's got this beautiful husky voice. There's something almost, you know, very ethereal about her entire like vibe that she gives out. Um, I think vocally, she definitely reminds me of sort of um, Amy Winehouse, Adele, like that sort of thing. Um, but she's also, she's such a good storyteller. Um, I think there's something quite similar to sort of old school Taylor Swift, uh, not vocally at all, but just you know, old school Taylor Swift, you listen to that song and by the end of the song, you you feel like you've read a book. It's very much storytelling. Um, and I think that's definitely something that Leighton does. Um, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Such beautiful song. Um, I've had it on repeat for the last month or so. I've literally, since it's been submitted, it's been on my playlist and I've been loving it. Um, yeah, so really, really excited to see what happens next. <laughs> So another artist who um, has a background in more classical stuff, um, we've got Patrick Kearns. Uh, so he is from Essex and London. I don't know if that means he was born in one and he went to the other, um, but we've got sort of, or he's just, you know, maybe on the border. But we've got an Essex london vibe going on here. Um, and he's training to do, well, no, he is training in vocals at ACM. Um, so yeah, with a background in theatre and classical music, I think he's very... Um, when he sings he enunciates very very clearly and I think that probably comes from the theatre element of it because especially musical theatre they're very you know they're telling a story it's not just something you can like vibe to you have to you know it's adding to the story so you have to be very very particular in how you enunciate um and he is very very well spoken in his music and um, so I think that's probably where it comes from but it's really really cool um he says that it's a really lovely song about a past relationship um and his breathing control is incredible again i know it's kind of a boring musically thing to pick up on but when he does all of his like oh and he's got the breathing control going on i just kudos to you patrick my man um so let's have a listen so this is patrick hins and this is his track hideaway So I can come your way Wanna pick you up And go I've heard you've been hanging around The same old clubs Waiting for me Wait for me I know you're Having fun with your friends But I can't wait To get you to myself When you're riding all alone with me spot i'll be your getaway and no we will never stop why don't you ride with me we got the night in our hands you know i love watching you dance so turn up the radio radio and dance so i know you're having fun with your friends but i can't wait to get you to myself Riding all alone with me When you're riding all alone with me When you're riding all alone with me Maybe we can find a hideaway 
He spoke a lot about how he just did hours of retail work to get the money to be able to do the recording, um, which I think is really cool that he's like willing to admit that. Because I think the music industry can be a little bit snobby and a little bit pretentious. Um, so I think there's very something very nice in the fact that he's being like, you know, I, did, I worked and grinded for this. Um, and it has really, really paid off because it's, you know, a cracking, cracking track and I'm really, really into it. Um, something else that I really love to do with artists is I really enjoy looking at where their listeners are and his listeners are so random. So if you go onto Spotify, you can see where people's like, um, you can see where, like who's listening to them. Uh, so if you look at his, he's got people from London, which, you know, makes sense. Um, then it's New York City, Toronto, Chicago and Surbiton. I don't even know where Surbiton is. It says GB. Maybe it's like Essex anyway. Let's have a quick look. Surbiton. Um, Surbiton is a neighbourhood of southwestern Greater London within the Royal Borough of Kingston upon Thames. So Londonish. Well, I will definitely be keeping an eye out for Patrick um, and to see what he does next. Um, yeah, so that was Patrick Kearns and his track Hideaway. So welcome to this week's uh, episode of Chat Shit with Meg. Uh, my favourite time of the week is when I just get to talk into a microphone about whatever I want to and um, pretend that you guys are listening to me. So today we're going to have a little chat about festivals. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I interned at Oxfam within their festivals team, uh, like last festival season, so that was what, 2019? Um, I had the best time it was incredible. I literally, I went to Glastonbury and then between Glastonbury and finishing off Reading Festival, I was basically back to back at festivals. Um, it was great and it was such good weather that summer as well. It was just so sunny and I like lived in my tent. I just got used to living on my little blow up um, and I had a great old time. So it was wonderful and I was devastated last year when all the festivals got cancelled. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a little chat about the, the future of the festivals. Um, so there's a Save Our Summer 2021 sort of campaign going round. UK Music released a report on it this morning. Um, so um, yeah, so I had a look at it and it's really interesting actually. Um, so all the information that I've got here is from that report. 
So I'm not making up these stats, I promise. Um, so it's really interesting because the live music sector is worth six billion pounds a year. Um, and last year they lost around 90% of that, which is just mind blowing. Um, that is a lot of money and that is a lot of jobs and that is a lot of livelihoods and scary, scary things. Um, but the government have been very, very clear that whilst obviously we've gone back into a lockdown now and it's very, very tough, that there is this sort of like light at the end of the tunnel and that within a few months we should be back to some sort of stage of normality. Um, the problem with that is that festivals have incredibly long lead times. So they really need to confirm sort of now-ish whether they're going to go ahead with planning them or whether they're just going to cancel them now. Um, because, you know, they need to plan these things. It's not just as simple as, oh, and you know, we're going to throw a festival this weekend, let's just pop it up. Um, there's an incredibly long lead time, especially for something like Glastonbury, which is huge. Um, someone told me this last year, I don't know if it's true, but it feels true, that the the sort of gate around Glastonbury is eight miles long. So that is a big festival site. So obviously you can, you can see already that the actual building part of it will take ages, as well as the actual like, planning of it. Uh, so they do really, really need to confirm sort of now-ish whether they're going to continue with the planning or whether it's just a complete write-off and that they should stop it. Because uh, what they don't want to happen is that obviously festival season is going to hit in June and they don't want to be caught out where we're, we are in a position where we could be at festivals um, and do it safely, even if it is only maybe half capacity or whatnot. Um, but because there was no support given early on in the year, they couldn't continue to plan, so they had to cancel it. Um, which obviously is not ideal because the biggest issue is definitely it comes down to the insurance. So currently major events, they can't be covered um, if the event gets cancelled because of COVID, which is obviously a bit of a nightmare. Um, and so they're asking for insurance support similar to the one that the TV and the films got with the restart scheme because uh, obviously they lost huge amounts of money last year. Uh, in terms of ticketing, I think a lot of them have rolled over. So someone like Glastonbury, if you had a Glastonbury ticket for 2020, that's just been rolled over to 2021 rather than refunded or anything like that. But I'm not convinced that people will be as happy to have it rolled over again. Um, so on top of having no money from last year, they might actually also have to maybe start paying back ticketing, uh, which would just be a nightmare and just... Oh, it makes my makes my little festival-loving heart hurt. Um, but Germany have put in place, they've got a cancellation fund for festivals. So hopefully, we'll follow. Um, all my fingers and my toes are crossed. Because that's a lot of jobs as well. Um, it's something like 200,000 people's jobs are dependent on festivals. And potentially, they're looking at sort of 50, 60 people... Sorry, 50, 60% of people being made redundant, which is like 100,000 people. Um which is just crazy and scary. And also the festivals bring so much money to the local economy as well. Um, the Association of Independent Festivals did a report on it and they said that um, a festival of 5,000 people is probably worth 1.1 million to the local area. Um, if you look at Glastonbury again, apparently they ger generate around 100 million pounds into the economy of Southwest England. Um, which is incredible. And you've got like 85,000 staff members at Glastonbury. And um, I know because I did my dissertation on like festivals and sponsorships and stuff like that. And Glastonbury particularly are huge on um, going local. So if they can get their produce or they can get their, um, you know, their, their catering and their sourcing and stuff from a local company, they do. Uh, which I think is really cool. But 
yeah so it was all just a bit mayhem a bit crazy all a bit up in the air i hope all my literally all my fingers and my toes oh my god i just dropped my microphone ah okay we're back we're back um yeah all my fingers and toes are crossed um please please <laughs> um i'm just hoping that the vaccine obviously the vaccine's good for many many reasons um but the fact that it is starting to be rolled out and there is the sort of like light at the end of the tunnel that maybe the government will be more lenient on helping out the music industry. Uh, because it's a good one, it's a fun one, it's a lot of people's jobs involved. Um, hopefully my future job will be involved, so please. So our third track of the episode, um, I'm obsessed with this song and I'm going to apologise to you now because I can promise you this will be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. The chorus is so catchy and from the first time I heard it every now and again I just sit in my room and just sing it to myself because it does get stuck in your head. Um, so yeah, she was one of the songs that when I listened to I was sort of like, do you know what, it's songs like this that I want to, sh I want to make a podcast because I want to showcase music like this. So this is Lily Casely and this is her track Badoom. Um, she's in so many Spotify playlists, so she's in like good energy, easy, pop, chill out. She just seems so cool. Uh, she's based in Camden in London, clearly, because that's where all the cool kids are from, isn't it? Um, and she's got sort of English, Portuguese, and French heritage, uh, which she kind of tries to put into her music. But yeah, so catchy. It's going to be stuck in your head. So um, apologies already, but I'm not that sorry because you're going to love it. This is Lily Casely, and this is her song, Badoom. I used to feel alright. I used to be just cool. I would spend my time Friday night writing songs for you. I would close my eyes, dream of things you do, imagining lying together, hearing your heart beat moon and the sound that goes bad
Lily Casely and her track Badoom. Like I said, so catchy. I just love it. I just find myself humming it to myself all the time. Um, it's so cool. And there's an absolutely stunning music video to go with it uh, that she released kind of during during COVID times. Um, but there's like a sort of old-fashioned kind of filter. Uh, and it's just, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. She looks gorgeous in it. The video is gorgeous. It's just great. I would definitely recommend checking it out. She also released a song, um, C'est La Vie, early on the air, which is also a bop. And I do really enjoy that song as well. Um, and she's also got some remixes out for Badoom. So definitely, definitely go check her out. I'm incredibly excited to see what she does next. Uh, she's definitely one of my favourites. And yeah, love her. So... Oh, my throat cracked then. So, um, yeah, so go check it out. So we're incredibly excited today because today we are joined by one of my all-time favourite duos. We've got Macy and Stan here from Outline. So guys, how's it going? It's going Hi. good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. How are you? Good, good. Not bad, thank you. Um, so your EP Citrus came out late October. Um, so what's that, like three months ago or so? How has the reception been? Well, it's been pretty good. Well, we put out our debut single that we've ever put out, which was the title track called Citrus, at the end of June. And then we put out our second single, Rainbow, at the end of August. And then we put out this EP in October. And so it's been like quite a gradual stage of putting out music. And overall, it's been, I don't know, it's been really nice because it's like the first time we've been able to do this. Um, and even though it's a shame because of um obviously coronavirus and like the difficulties and not being able to gig as much as, as and stuff like people have been our friends have been sharing it online and stuff and that's still been really nice to see yeah and seeing like the word be spread a bit and I don't know it's made us really happy and it's kind of made our year yeah it's definitely been like well we've this is the only time we've ever released music so we don't know any different but we assume that given this has all been in lockdown it's been quite different to a normal release process but um We've still had a great time um, and it's been really sweet like seeing our friends reactions and stuff because they're always like put stuff out put stuff out so yeah it's been good. <laughs> I saw you guys um, celebrated the one month by were you painting or was it chalk like you did a massive orange? It was it was it was um, spray paint and and normal paint we basically there's this massive like kind of bare area where loads of people graffiti um, and we decided just to paint a massive, like basically like the cover art of it, like a massive orange with like a bit of mould at the bottom. <laughs> um, and then just write stream citrus and put our Instagram by it just in, in celebration of that. Yeah. And also just for some extra like fun promotional material. It was like a replica of the um, cover art that Frank Coxon created for us. So yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was definitely. Really fun. <laughs> cool. So I know you guys have known each other for quite a long time. So how did you sort of like get to this point where you finally put out your kind of debut EP? So it's been it's been probably a quite a long process from back to front. Um we became friends when we were like twelve. Um and then we collaborated on a couple of projects, um, both like in school and out of school. And gradually, when we were like 14, we got to the point where we were like, oh, this actually kind of works. Like us collaborating together. Um, so Sam was like, do you want to make this like a thing? Do you want to be a duo? And I was like, yeah. Um, so that was like four, four and a half years ago now. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we've been just writing, recording gigging when we can like ever since um releasing some stuff on soundcloud 
Um, and then, yeah, we were working towards releasing sort of the two singles and the EP last year now. Um, and then when our A-levels were cancelled because of lockdown and everything, and um, we ended up having a lot more time than we planned to, because obviously we were planning to have these massive exams and suddenly we were like, oh, okay, let's let's just put all our attention into this like we've always wanted to. Um, and yeah, that actually weirdly benefited us in that way um so yeah yeah we were kind of like naive in the fact that we thought because we were planning to put out the music at the same time that we were doing our a-levels and would have had all this work and and i think we realized (laughs) when our a-levels were cancelled and we were had so much free time we were like oh my god we actually have to put so much work into this because we had to put out a website we had to make an epk we had to do all this stuff to promote the single and like contact people for the lyric video and think about music videos um (laughs) so we were like okay well this is kind of good that we have all this free time because I don't think we would have been able to do this as as well if we were doing our exams so that was kind of a blessing in a way yeah got to find the silver linings in 2020 didn't we um so the kind of like style of music that you have it's very sort of like alternative poppy um you've got some cool like synths in there um there's something very like poetic about it uh so how how would you guys describe your music well well you kind of just like <laughs> described it really how we had yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean what do you want to... <laughs> yeah well we always like as um, as the umbrella term would say alternative pop because i feel like that does give us like some space because we quite like because we do write quite poppy melodies and we like that and quite sometimes some quite like normal chord progressions and stuff so we do like for example citrus our single citrus is like mainly a pop song we feel more alternative having the freedom to explore like different sounds and more poetic lyrics and I don't know just like evaluating yeah, different like structures yeah. and like interesting additives to the production and stuff like yeah. that we definitely try and make our lyrics quite poetic and like <laughs> bouncy and pretty but um yeah <laughs> yeah you pretty much smashed it so yeah is that something that sort of developed over time or when you kind of first decided you were going to be like a duo was it pretty from the get-go the same sort of style or did you know maybe you had like a little emo phase in there somewhere um, I don't know well i well, we were making, well, we, when you were writing songs, I was kind of producing music, like, as you said, years before we became a duo. And I, well, personally, I went through, because I was producing songs, I went through so many phases, because, like, my taste in music changed a lot. So I'd make songs that would be, like, all real instruments, no synths, just, like, guitars, drums, and, like, would be, would sound quite rocky. And then I'd also, then I'd suddenly go to, like, full-on synths, and then, like, I'd do full-on, like, electronic. You did quite a lot of dance. Probably, and probably. dance, but well, when I was really young, when yeah. I was, like, 11, <laughs> I'd do proper, like, I tried to make, like, club hits. <laughs> <laughs> like, it varied. Um, um, but then I feel like we come when we collaborated, it was quite easy. We were kind of on the same wavelength in the sense that we were making... I don't know, I feel like we were a bit more simple with our songwriting when we first started out, but it was quite along the same lines of like alternative pop I feel like yeah I feel like it since we've collaborated like you said it hasn't changed too much but we've definitely been working on making it much more our sound and what is that because at the beginning we were still kind of like combining all these different styles that we've been exploring because I grew up on quite a lot of like folk music and I wrote some folky type songs and then some like really quite weird alternative songs (laughs) that just didn't really quite make sense um and then like 
a lot of pop as well so yeah but yeah cool okay so let's take a listen then um so this is outline and this is their track citrus and you're like citrus and i'm your mistress enamored distress and it's appealing in the stress cause that's the one I skin shreds I'm taking about the things that you want and it's a bit scary when you're up at the front and I'll be shot to meet your eyes and you are alone to ease that distance breaking me into pieces in segments of you and it's a bit scary with this frightening view and when we're treading on the toes of both of our youth and it's a mission taking me moving on all fours cause my feet are sore I can't go much more Guys, I absolutely love that song. I love the count. I love the one, two, three, four. Every time I hear it, it just I just makes me so happy. <laughs> so I've got to ask, what is this whole kind of you went for a very fruity vibe with the the keep the, the artwork and also citrus and the moldy fruit. So where did that come from? Well, it, um, 
it's a bit of a, we got really into this so. it was a bit of a weird story actually well okay so it was all about this like romance and everything and um this like sort of citrus related nickname that was created for the said person in the romance and then it kind of just went from there with lots of citrus metaphors and stuff and we just went all <laughs> out really so and then we just thought let's just run with this so all the colors and the artwork which um which Jenny Van Summers created for us and like and Frank and everything is just yeah we, we made it very <laughs> pretty yeah. um, and I felt like when we were doing the EP we did it over the course of like two years and we picked uh the songs we felt we wanted to best represent us and I feel like we decided on the part of the reason we decided on the like the title the EP title being citrus is because there's this line in the song citrus it's like a taste of citrus and I always have this idea of like oh this is like a taste of us because it's like the first thing we're putting out this is like a taste of outline in a sense so I felt like I quite like that lyric in that sense yeah um, and it also works for our cover art as well because the citrus um single cover art is just a slice and then the rainbow one is segments and because they're singles within the whole orange yeah. we were like they're segments of the full thing which is really like pretentious <laughs> i'm saying it but we just really like to go all, yeah, all out with the idea. metaphors <laughs> so. yeah it's cool it looks really like good like if someone had been like we're gonna put an orange on our cover i would have been like okay cool <laughs> But it looks, there's something very clean and like sharp and refreshing about it. It looks really good. I think we settled on an idea of making it a bit mouldy at the bottom. And we didn't want it to look unflattering. <laughs> um, because while like songs like Citrus and Smoke explore like kind of happy, fancy themes of like falling in love and all that stuff. Um, there are definitely some like darker uh, underlying like themes throughout the EP and like Rainbow and Mine. Yeah, just just dark themes, and we wanted to show that like, oh, it's a it's a citrus fruit. Fruit, you would think it's beautiful stuff, but like it it also does have its I don't know imperfections. Like it does get old, it does get moldy. Yeah. So we wanted to just balance it out, I guess, with that idea. And when we first were talking about having a moldy orange as the cover, people were like, um... yeah. <laughs> the first the first like three people we sent, we, we were like we like told them what it was before we sent it to them, and they were like. Okay, whatever you want. <laughs> luckily, luckily, Frank made it really beautiful for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the rainbow one as well with all the different coloured segments. That one's cool. Quite exciting then. You guys have released a music video for Citrus. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Um, well, it's basically, the gist of it is it's a performance video because like as our first video we wanted just to show us and we wanted it to be quite simple because like our our like aesthetic is quite minimalist I think we'd say so we wanted to make it a simple performance video and um, we wanted the like three main colours to be citrus colours so yeah Jenny Van Summers um our friend did these amazing like backdrops for us uh, which we helped her paint and everything she painted um, them actually on her wall on like her in, wall. in her house <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that commitment! Yes, we were we were lucky enough to work with some amazing people in this, like Matt Whitecross and DOP um, Chris Ross and stuff. So it was definitely an amazing experience. We've never done a music video before, so we were kind of just like figuring out as we went. But luckily, because we were had these amazing people helping us, so they just made it a great experience and helped us create something that we're really proud of. So. Yeah, it was all just very exciting, kind of a whirlwind thing, like trying to fit in filming around lockdowns and stuff, oh, yeah. but um, just feel very lucky 
to it have was, done it. It was, but we were meant to, so it'd been like pushed back a lot because obviously everyone was really busy, but um, we were going to do it sometime in the week and then suddenly the second lockdown was announced and, <laughs> and it was announced like two days before or something, I don't remember, yeah. but then he was like, but then Matt Whitecross who's just the loveliest person <laughs> in the world, he was like, we were like, oh god, well I guess that's it, we don't have a music video because obviously when he's not going to move it and then he was like, he was so busy because the election was going on and he was doing interviews for that. And he was like, right, we're just going to do it the day before. Are you free? <laughs> and he looked, took like the four hours, like, only four hours. He had free out of his day. Like, I don't think he'd slept just to film it with us. <laughs> like, we couldn't believe that he had actually like been like, no, we're doing this. It's going to happen. <laughs> we went for like a, to meet him and everything and talk about the video ideas. Um, and like, he invited us like into his house and we had like, and he made us dinner and like his two daughters were there and like his wife was there and we just felt family they are so lovely no, they're so lovely. but he, they were like he was like him and his wife were telling us like oh they were like telling us all their ideas like so excited and he was saying like oh it's our song of the summer we love that song we can't wait to make it and we were like kind of just sitting there like how is this happening we were like, we were like why <laughs> <laughs> but, um no it was very cool but yeah very grateful for everything he did and um yeah that's cool didn't you get reposted by like Coldplay yeah, yeah we, again we, why? We, we, <laughs> can I just say we were on FaceTime and we found out and I was like sitting right here and <laughs> my granny basically lived next door and she heard me scream <laughs> audibly because <laughs> we were so like shocked like I don't think I don't think we'd ever really get our head around no. it. Like it's almost like one of those things where you can't probably get excited because your brain's just like that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's not possible. Yeah, it's not computed. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> Matt also went to uni with um, Coldplay, <laughs> um, and he'd also, and then that meant that he directed a lot of their videos. Um, so <laughs> he was like, "Oh." Uh, oh, I'll just, ha-ha, I'll, I'll ask, like, he, he'd said a couple times before, he said, oh, I'll ask Coldplay to tweet you or something, and we were like, ha-ha-ha, because we always kind of thought it was a joke, and then he, like, he, he texted us, was it on the day or the day before, he was yeah. like, Coldplay's agreed to post you, like, really casually, and we, <laughs> we couldn't believe, like, yeah, we can't, just, we can't speak about it properly, because we still can't No, believe, it's just, like, it. stupid, like, in the best way, like, it's just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense, like, <laughs> Yeah, I... <laughs> we are so so grateful. Obviously, though, so it's just because yeah, it's just not really words. It's just why we're not really making sense right now. But yeah. So I guess the big question then: what's coming next? What's happening next? Well, as you can, well, you can see, maybe the listeners can hear. We're like together right now, so um, we're living together during this lockdown, um, doing just some intensive music making. Mm, um, lots of recording. Yeah. Lots Exciting. writing so yeah definitely working on things we are, yeah, we, are, we are very um excited about what we're making and we can't wait to put it out so yeah, yeah. we're always very like unnecessarily secretive because no one actually <laughs> cares but we're like we're like oh we should put all these like legs out there <laughs> as if we have like fans that are just like yes we'll figure it out when literally no one yeah for example who we are but we literally just <laughs> We literally just posted two like posts of can I say yeah well it doesn't, yeah, matter. It doesn't no matter but we just posted two like photos and we just put like the lyrics to one of the songs we're recording on it and we were like oh it's so cryptic yeah. but people are probably like oh that's a nice caption <laughs> <laughs> are you so have you got sort of like a time frame in mind or 
Is that we one of your do, secrets? But, yeah, it's... Time frame. But, but it's not only that like we want to be secretive about it, it's just that we're, we're trying to make the time frame work, but it's just if something happens to go wrong and then we don't put music out by then. I think if 2020 taught us anything, it was um, don't make your plans too concrete because they will probably change. <laughs> Okay, cool. So we're going to finish up with a quick fire round then. Um, so prepare yourselves. I'm going to ask a question. You just got to go. First thing pops into your head, okay? So number one, favourite solo artist? Mm, well, we have to say Taylor Swift. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, <laughs> our favorite, I feel like this is really hard because our favourite solo artist changes all the time. But I think collectively, we are just so obsessed with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Not just like how incredible a songwriter she is, obviously, but like, her like strategy and the empire she's built is just so inspiring like it's just and it was one of the first things that we like like bonded over was making taylor swift covers like years ago (laughs) um okay so number two best artist or band that you've seen live gorillas i think like off the top of my head um that was a great experience. I like, I really love their music and like their experimental style. And I don't know, it's really cool. Like I love the characters they have and they were like loads of like videos of that on the screen and kind of like, I don't know, the aesthetic of all of it. And it was like really an engaging show. And I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed, like I had, I hadn't, like I've obviously heard some of their songs before, but I hadn't really listened to them much until that show. Really, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I probably, sorry, my cat is just meowing outside my door. Mine's probably Melanie Martinez. Um, I went to see her last year, I think, and she just—it was just just a whole spectacle. Like the backdrops, the dances, the costumes, and obviously her voice is, and songwriting is incredible. So yeah, yeah, she's incredible. I saw her when she was like before she really got into her whole like sort oh, of no, doll vibe um like when she was really just sort of like her doing like little covers and it was in this like random bar in London and it was That's incredible so cool. okay number three your dream collaboration well we've said this in the past that it would be um Marina but obviously yeah. that's like dream as in like separate dream. worlds never gonna happen kind of dream <laughs> but like proper dream collaboration but yeah. I've I've well we've both like loved Marina for years and like she's very like alternative pop as well and I feel like just a lot of we've like in terms of our production especially just a lot of the things she's done has really inspired us and um, we saw her live you can bond over your your fruit relation yeah. yes well. uh, okay number four your favorite Taylor Swift song <gasps> oh, my god. oh god why would you <laughs> <laughs> oh I have a few I'm, I'm just gonna go with... okay you can have your top three okay top three I think I, you can see how big a fan I am. I'm going to say <laughs> the way I loved you. <laughs> um, why are you finding it so hard? Because I can't think of names on the spot. My brain just goes blank. Yeah, Favourite love... one from this album, my recent yeah. album, probably Nobody, No Crime. Same, but... We're like, well, we really, really love Taylor Swift. And then we're like, we can't think of any of her songs. Though, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the way I loved you because that song I just will always love. It's literally, she wrote it in like 2008. So. You say that's going old school. I love that song. <laughs> Favourite one from this album is probably Nobody, No Crime. But I just, yeah, I'm just going to go with that because otherwise I'm just going to take ages. Just like how you went with one from me. like recent music and then one from like OG Baby Killer Swift. <laughs> oh God, no, I have a definite favorite. I don't know why I didn't say this. August from Folklore. Like that song has made me cry like consistently the first 10 times I listened to it. Like, especially when I know what it's about. So August, hands down, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, And then last one. What is the your favorite track of your EP? 
I smoke. I, yeah, I feel like yeah. smoke is probably our favourite. We always just had this like, well, not always because it was probably the most recent one that we recorded. But um, yeah, since before we released the EP, we were just always like, we have a, we just like this one very much. I have quite a connection <laughs> to it. I mean, obviously we have a connection to all of them. But I don't know, there's just, it's just very much like, in terms of the music we like that yeah. isn't ours it's the closest to that I'd say yeah exactly like I feel like when it's your own music obviously you're writing stuff that you connect to and is that you hopefully like but I think <laughs> Smoke was one of those ones where I was like if I didn't listen to my music out of these ones I'd probably really? say that was yeah. the one I, I enjoyed the most nice okay well thanks so much uh for well not coming in because you're in your house but uh <laughs> coming online and having a chat with me um i've had a great time everyone listening go check it out the ep is called citrus you can find it on spotify and that is outline thank you, thank so, you much. so much we've had a me. great time <laughs> <laughs> what time is it what time it's what time today we have some very cool artwork going on. Um, we've got a lost love takes a long time to die by Good Dog. Um, he looks incredibly cool. I'm in really into the tash. It looks funky. I'm into it. Um, yeah. So Good Dog and his track A Lost Love Takes a Long Time to Die. Let's have a little listen. Was this the So that was Good Dog and his track, A Lost Love Takes a Long Time to Die. 
that I think is one of the most beautiful things I've heard in a in a while, in a long time, without expecting it. Um, it was very melancholy, very poetic. Um, I could just imagine driving through all the country roads in the dark with that on and just, you know, pretending I'm a character in a film. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, so I can see here that Good Dog is London-based songwriter Jack Hardman. Um, he describes himself here as taking his listeners on a late night drive with him, uh, which is basically what I just said. So would definitely agree with that. Um, I think it was just absolutely incredible. I just, very cool, very sort of like indie folky, very dreamy. I think he has these very charming, I don't want to use the word melancholy again because I just used it. There's something very calming and charming about his lyrics and a bit haunting and very touching and it's definitely a story and I think it's a story that people can relate to. That idea that, um, you know, that, that love that you didn't get to have and how sometimes it can be, you know, the, the things that didn't happen that give you more heartache than the things that did. Um, and I think... Yeah, I think he's got such a unique style um, and that listening to it actually feels like an experience rather than just like you know, something you stick on the background and, and you kind of get down and groovy to. Listening to that, I feel, was very much an experience. Um, yeah, so let's hang on. Let's have a quick look and see what else we've got. So on Spotify, he's got three tracks out so far. So A Lost Love Takes A Long Time To Die, Hopeless Man and Stay and Rest For A While. So... Um, I'm going to go have a listen to those afterwards um, because I really, really enjoyed that. I felt very, I felt very calm after listening to that. Like, all's going to be well. Lockdown's going to be fine. Um, there's a really lovely little bit here at the end of his bio. And it says, Good dog is your forgotten memories on a lonely sea under a warm sun. It's your grandparents' nine millimeter camera, your past and your future simultaneously. And I think that's is it millimetre? Or have I just made a fool out of myself? You know what I mean anyway. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's just really beautiful. Sums the whole thing up. So definitely go check it out. So that was Good Dog and you can find him on Spotify. And here we are guys, we finally reached the last track of episode four. Um, I am obsessed with this song. I think it's so cool. I think they're so cool. Um, so for our last track, we're going to travel all the way to Canada. We're going to go on a bit of a bit of a tour. I'm going to have a listen to a five-piece called Random Danda. Um, this is my favourite track off their album um, called Oh Lord. Um, and it's just, it's really catchy and it's cracking. And it's a bit, a bit kind of bluesy rocky. Um, but it really energised, really like upbeat and you just sort of want to dance along to it. Um, so this is Random Danda and this is their track, Oh Lord. Oh Lord, won't you draw me a straight line? Can't you see your child is spinning round? Oh Lord, won't you draw me a straight line? Mama told me, my 
Dander and their track Oh Lord they're just so like they're just so cool I just look at them and I'm like I've just I want to be your friend I want to be friends with you because you guys just look so cool um so they've been together now for sort of around 10 years and they played over 200 live shows together which is absolutely incredible um they're currently working on a new album which is going to be album number four. Oh god I've got tangled in my headphones um which is going to be album number four um so fingers crossed that'll be coming out sooner rather than later because I'm really excited to see what they do with that but yeah they're just so cool, so upbeat, um, just so much energy in all their music, and I think they're incredible. Um, yeah, so that was Random Dander. And there we are, guys. We've reached the end of episode number 104. Um, oh my goodness, this one has gone on for a while. My apologies. I'll just end it nice and swiftly. Um, have a lovely week. We'll see you next week for some more cracking tunes. And remember, everybody, stay groovy.